You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Praying is like running is the title of this devotion. Now, I know not everyone is a runner and I cannot class myself as a runner just because I run three times a week, but I've had the last two months, I haven't been able to run because of different responsibilities. I just haven't been able to do it. Uh, But this is the point I want to make about running. Because I run three times a week, I run about uh, four miles, four miles, and then about seven miles the third time. And that's a good little run for me. It's not that far compared to a lot of people I know. But my legs, after I do this consistently, get really happy and they become more jumpy, so to speak. They, They pull up easier and they're able to leap more. And it's like my muscles just really get happy at running. Then when I don't run for a little while, prayers like running is the title, okay? Then when I don't run for a while, after about a week and a half, two weeks, if I'm not running, after about a week, I can feel my legs going, hey, hey, we need to run. And they're throbbing and they're wanting to go. But if I can't go, I just can't respond to it. And then after about two days, they stop pulling. After three days, they they relax. After another week, it's like they've just gone in remission. They've just kind of gone into a winter sleep. Then, listen, here comes the symbolism to prayer. Then when I want to go, go pray, excuse me, then when I go run again, Oh, they don't want to run. No, no, you didn't want to run, but we're not running. (laughs) They don't want to run, my legs. And they can be so heavy. And they don't want to run. And it's like they're complaining. No, no, I don't want to do it. (laughs) And I just keep running. I just keep going. Because one thing about running, you got to keep going. If it hurts, keep going, because it'll stop hurting if you keep going. But I keep going and keep going. Oh. It, I could be like an old little man by the time I get home. I, I, it's taken me an extra 10 minutes to run it, which 10 minutes in running is a lot. And and I, the second time I go run, the hardest thing is to get out of the door. Once I'm out of the door, okay, I'm going. But still, my legs still aren't happy. They still don't want to go. The third time, about halfway after about two miles, it's like, oh, okay, you want to run. Okay, well, we like running. Our legs like running. And they, boom, wake up. Now, that's what I mean. Prayer is like running. You see, we are made for intimacy with the Father. We are made for that holy communion. We are made for that intimacy. It's where we get our happiest. It's where our greatest joy is awaiting us in that communion with the Heavenly Father in prayer. Oh, hallelujah, what joy, everlasting joy is upon our heads when we live in that place. But when we stop praying and you don't pray for quite a while, it's like running. Then when you try to pray again, it's like no connection, no connection. 
and then you, you, you keep on praying, keep on praying, but it's dry, it's sleepy, it's hard, and it's hard work, hard work, okay? You finish your hour of prayer, it's seemingly nothing happened to your emotions, to your flesh, seemingly nothing happened. It was just hard work. Second time, same. Third time, hmm, oh, I know this feeling, oh. Oh, hallelujah, I know this voice. I know this, this, this manifestation in me. Fourth time, fifth time, you're back. Oh, the heavens are open. The glory of the Lord is manifesting upon you. And you're in such an amazing place of intimacy with the Father. And that's what I mean, prayer is like running. So let me read you Hosea chapter six, verse one, two, and three. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord, his going forth is established as the morning, and he will come to us like the rain, like the latter and the former rain to the earth. Now, this is such beautiful prophetic language. It is incredible, beautiful prophetic language, speaking about Israel's revival after Babylon, speaking about uh, uh, speaking about Jesus' resurrection on the third day and so forth. It is such heavenly language here. And, these, and I want to encourage you, look it up, Hosea 6, verse 1, 2, and 3. But what, what I want you to see, prayer is something that needs to be maintained. And if it's not, I find the going out and coming back in, I, I find it too hard. I've been there, I've lived that way, and it's excruciating to me now. I just want to stay in, I don't want to come out. I don't want to come out. I don't ever want to come out again. I want to live in that constant communion where I feel the Spirit moving in me, where I feel the Spirit pulling in me, where I feel that upward call of God in Christ Jesus constantly to, for me to take a hold of that for which He took a hold of me, Philippians 3. That I feel that constant perfecting of the Spirit bringing me into that sufficiency to live the will of my Father here on earth as in heaven, Hebrews 13, 20, 21. I feel the constant renewing of the inward man, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, and so on and on. I feel these workings of, I can't come out of that and go into the flesh, and then what? And then what? Feel the deadness spiritually, where the only satisfaction I, I have is in eating and eating and eating and eating. And I'm not against eating. Don't misunderstand me. I love a good meal, but I don't want to live for that. I want to live for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loved me and gave himself for me. So prayers like running, you need to stay in it to stay exercised. And if you come out of it, it's harder to get back in. Can I get back in without question? Can I get back in? Oh, without question. Oh, Pastor, I haven't felt anything for years. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, and you'll get back in. It will begin to manifest in you again. 
And you'll see it's there and awaiting you. It's never changed. It's that we haven't come, but he's still awaiting. He's still awaiting. So look at um, Psalm 71 for a moment, because that Psalm 71, the Lord used to help me when I was going through excruciating, painful times in my life some years ago from 2008 through 2015, 16 is when it started to shift. And oh, it's such a phenomenal psalm, this whole psalm. But I want you to just go ahead and only look at verse 20 and 21. Oh God, uh, no, you, verse 20, have shown me great and severe troubles. You, Lord, have allowed me to go through these troubles but you shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And then he talks about worshiping. That verse the Lord used, Lord, I've gone through these troubles, but you were there with me. You upheld me, you strengthened me, you've allowed me to go through it. You've shown yourself strong on my behalf in the time of my adversity. You've been my shield, you've been my strength. You have been on my side, my light and my salvation. Lord, through you, I can do all things, you who strengthened me. But now, Lord, I feel that reviving. I feel that enlarging and restoring. Oh, friends, that is so real to me. I, in, in 2014, I think it was, or 15, I was sitting in the chair in the house and this thought just came. You used to reminding me of how in 1998, I was ministering in Yerevan, Armenia, and Jesus began to heal everybody in the meeting. And I saw incredible power of his spirit. And that thought came, you used to right? But it had a connotation of it's over, the past, you know. Sometimes we can look at the past and it seems more rosy than the future, but Solomon said it's unwise to, to think that way. And so I'm sitting there, I'm having that thought, and all of a sudden, it just the Holy Spirit kind of woke me up. Hello, don't just take every thought to heart. Don't take every thought to heart. And the Holy Spirit woke me up and I said in myself, I was no more holy or righteous then than I am now. That was Jesus and he's the same yesterday, today and forever. I said, devil, how dare you come in here and try to deceive me? I said, Father, I thank you that the best is yet to come. And my phone had a text message that very moment, inviting me back to Armenia. And I went back and I ministered to over 2,000 people who came out of their houses at night because they heard what Jesus was doing. And we had such an incredible outpour of the Holy Spirit that day. Don't ever, don't ever let the devil deceive you that your best days are behind you. Come on now. Praying is like running. Those muscles are waiting and it's amazing. They call it muscle memory. Those muscles, they are waiting to be reminded. We are made to be consistently revived and to be consistently renewed. And I understand, uh, back to Hosea, please. I understand that it can be tough. Oh, it can be so tough. And then everything goes, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. Well, it's not happening. I used to. And 
don't, don't, come on, don't be spiritually lazy. It says here in verse 12 of Hosea 10, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fellow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. The fellow ground is where our hearts have become a bit hard and we don't have that manifestation. We don't have that unction. We don't have that connection. And we become a bit carnally minded as Romans 8 talks about. And we're just not connecting. That is like your muscles getting lazy because you haven't been running for a while and you need to put them back in there. And before you know it, they wake up and there we go again. Here comes the power. And the same is true. You just keep plowing up that fellow ground of your heart and conscious and your mind and emotions. And before you know it, here comes the manifestation again. Now, let me close with you from Matthew 13, please. Because Jesus chose the ground upon which to sow his seed. He chose it. Like the farmer doesn't just take his seed and throw a little on that side, a little here and there. No, he goes to the land he has chosen for that seed. True? Any farmer will not just go anywhere down the big highway motorway and throw his seed anywhere and go, well, I've, I've, no, he goes to his land and that he is prepared and he sows his seed there. True? Believe the Lord has chosen you by which he begins to bring his manifestation. Believe. Wake up. If you haven't been running for a while, pray, it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to inquire and require Him by the need and necessity that's all around us and break up that fellow ground where we've gone hard and we haven't spiritually connected and allow the Holy Spirit to comfort us and to connect again. Oh, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit begins to manifest when the ground has been plowed so that the water can penetrate and cause the seeds that are waiting to spring forth into blossom and into fruitfulness. It's such a wonderful thing to come back into that manifestation that's awaiting us. And listen here what Jesus says concerning this sower. He says in uh, chapter 13, verse 3, and Jesus spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, and others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then in verse 18, he says, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown. This is he who receives seed on the wayside. What is the wayside? The wayside is where the seed is trodden under the foot of man. It's where the connection of God is looking for you, but the busyness of everybody's ideas and thoughts and wills and feelings 
cause it never to, to come into manifestation in your life. It's trodden under the foot of man. It loses its significant value. It doesn't get time with you. You don't give it time. And we need to be thoughtful that the Spirit is trying to connect with us and we need to make time for Him. And then look at what He says next. But he who receives the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet when he has no root in himself, he endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. You see, many of us maybe are in that place where our roots need to grow much deeper. But stony talks about hardness. And Hebrews chapter 3 says that because of the deceitfulness of sin, the heart grows hard. And you see, when we allow worldly entertainment through movies and other things to harden us inside, our roots don't get time to develop sufficiently that when we get tempted again, we don't stumble again. You see, as your roots grow deeper and deeper, then when you get tempted again, inwardly you go, no, no, I'm not going back to that. No, I'm not going to watch that again. No, that's not for me. You see, this is where your roots are strong inwardly to shun outwardly what would defile you and corrupt you. Oh, I believe in this with all my heart. Most of the time, folks, the reason you keep stumbling over the same temptation is because your roots need developing. So come on, be encouraged. Keep coming back to the Lord in prayer and let the Holy Spirit soften your heart and soften your heart through your communion with Him and the roots will grow deeper and deeper and deeper until the time comes. That stumbling you've suffered for so long is over. It's gone. You won't stumble again. He's able to keep you from stumbling. It says in Jude verse 24. And then lastly, now he who receives seed, oh, excuse me, one more. Among thorns is he who hears the word, but the cares of this life and deceitful of riches choke the word. See, we need to be careful to not constantly be so busy with the cares of this life and deceiving riches that we don't have time for the word. But he does show us that the good ground is where the word of the Lord is able to constantly cause you to meditate on it, like it says in Psalm 1. Now, prayers like running, you need to take time to allow those Holy Ghost muscles to develop inside of you and cause you to grow strong in the Lord and the power of His might, to be able to live in the consciousness of His love and His presence day and night and begin to see all that He's predestined you come to pass. Amen. Have a good day.